Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Burt Reynolds, Ask Me What I Am, from 1973. Playgirl magazine first hit newsstands in June of 1973. The magazine featured lifestyle and celebrity news, general interest articles, and nude men. This was right as the feminist movement was reaching new heights. Playgirl's founder, Douglas Lambert, started the magazine as a response to men's magazines that featured pictures of nude women, like Playboy and Penthouse. The idea for nude male centerfolds actually came from Lambert's wife, Jenny, in 1971. At first, he wasn't totally sold on the idea. But then the April 1972 issue of Cosmopolitan came out. It featured the magazine's first-ever male centerfold, actor Burt Reynolds. Cosmopolitan's editor at the time, Helen Gurley Brown, pitched the idea of a centerfold to Reynolds as a milestone in the sexual revolution. Though, in a 2015 interview with Cosmopolitan, Reynolds said, quote, I wish I could say I wanted to show my support for women's rights, but I just thought it would be fun. End quote. Reynolds had already been a working actor for over a decade by the time the photo shoot happened. A shoot which had Reynolds lying naked on a bearskin rug with his arm positioned covering his tallywhacker. What? What did you say? Not my words. That was Reynolds' choice of words in the Cosmopolitan piece. But as I was saying, though Reynolds had been a working actor for years, this came at a time when he was just becoming a household name. He hadn't truly had any massive breakout roles just yet but he was starting to become a fixture on talk shows like The Merv Griffin Show and The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. In fact, that's how his centerfold came to be. Helen Gurley Brown was a guest on The Tonight Show along with Reynolds. These talk show appearances gave him a chance to show off his personality. And they gave a huge boost to his career. Reynolds himself said they were the best thing to ever happen to him. And you made five movies? Five movies, yeah. One biggie. Five dogs. Which ones were the dogs? Uh, did you, did you, no, did, they you, weren't all dogs. There, there was a couple dogs, but they all made money. Isn't that strange? No. No? No, because you're, you're hot, as they say, a hot property. He would even go on to guest host for Johnny Carson. My next guest is an exciting lady who's as uninhibited as she is beautiful. Would you please welcome Charles. On July 30th, 1972, Reynolds would hit the big screen as one of the stars of Deliverance. understood me. Uh, I want to get some drivers to drive this car and that car down to Aintree. Drivers, you understand? You might get a driver, brothers. Who? Deliverance was a success not only at the box office, but it also would go on to win five Golden Globes and three Academy Awards, though none of those went to Reynolds. It did solidify his status as a celebrity. He felt it was the first truly great movie that he was in. Later that year, he had a small role in Woody Allen's Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask 
as the sperm switchboard chief. And yes, you heard me right. Can't hold out any longer. Prepare for release of sperm. Willie Mays, Joe Namath, Mickey Mantle. 1973 would be another big year for Reynolds. He starred in the car chase film White Lightning. And car chase films would be a big thing for him over the next several years. White Lightning was popular enough to spawn a sequel a few years later, but by the end of 1973, Reynolds was one of the biggest box office stars in the United States. Reynolds had also started a highly publicized romance with Dinah Shore, who was 20 years older than him. Shore was hosting a daytime talk show on NBC at the time called Dinah's Place. They met when she had Reynolds on as a guest. By this time, Shore was mostly a TV personality, but she'd first come to prominence as a singer during the big band era in the 40s. My bones denounce the buckboard bounce and the cactus hurts my toes. Let's vamoose where gals keep using those silks and satins and linens that shows. And I'm all yours in buttons and bows. So perhaps it was the influence of Dinah Shore. Perhaps it was simply the fact that his star was rising fast. But at the end of 1973... Now that he had being a movie star and a male centerfold under his belt, Reynolds tried something completely different. A country music album. Is it true that you're going to sing on, on one of the specials? Is that, did I, I hear I, right? No, I did an album. You did an album? did an album, yes. Spent uh, four days in a little room with echo chambers. It's incredible, and uh, everybody was worried about me because I've never sung before. But I got in there, I was so thrilled with my voice. Just, just I, I could have stayed in there forever. Just kept listening to your voice. A little echo. And, gosh, it's wonderful. Uh, I did uh, 12 songs. It's going to be coming out uh, first. I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people. On November 5th, 1973, Mercury Records released Burt Reynolds' Ask Me What I Am. Jared Ferguson. It's a funny name. Childhood 1949 is a song written and originally recorded by Bobby Goldsboro. It was the B-side to his hit, Summer, parentheses, The First Time. Now, less than six months later, Childhood 1949 is the opener on the Burt Reynolds country music album. Flying kites and pillow fights Lay me down to sleep nights Lions and apes, towel capes Captain Marvel flying Skipping rocks Building blocks And Joe Paluca Fighting Bobby Goldsboro is also the co-producer of this album Goldsboro had multiple pop and country hits throughout the 60s and 70s His biggest hit, Honey was the biggest selling single in the world for 1968 Bet she'd been sitting there and crying over some sad and silly late, late show And honey, I miss you And I'm being good The other co-producer is Buddy Killen. Killen was a producer, songwriter, and musician, but his biggest achievements were in music publishing. In 1954, he'd started working at Tree Publishing for just $35 a week. In 1956, Killen would be the person who convinced Elvis Presley to record Heartbreak Hotel, which would later spend seven weeks atop the Billboard Hot 100. Killen eventually bought Tree Publishing, and in 1989, he would sell it to Sony Music for $40 million. 
With that being said, eight of the 11 songs on this album were published by Tree Publishing. And such is the case with track two, Slow John Fairburn. I grew up in a little southern town. My daddy was the chief police there. And needless to say, I was in and out of trouble a few times. But I guess along the way, I learned a couple of lessons. You know, when you're a young kid, you have a tendency to kind of put down the old folks. One of the best lessons that I ever learned was from an old man named Slow John Fairburn. Slow John Fairburn was written by Nashville songwriter Hall of Famer Red Lane. He wrote four of the album's 11 songs. And he co-wrote track three with actor-turned-musician Tom McKeon. This is The First One I Lay With. The first one that I loved Was not the first one that I lay with She was much more innocent than me The first one that I loved Was a sweet and tender child she parted with her childhood shamelessly. Red Lane also co-wrote the next song, Till I Get It Right, which had been a number one country hit for Tammy Wynette earlier in 1973. It was co-written with Larry Henley, who 16 years later would be co-writer of another number one hit, Bette Midler's multi-Grammy-winning Wind Beneath My Wings. But here's a bit of Till I Get It Right. Right now I'm like a wounded bird Hungry for the sky If I try my wings long enough I'm bound to Just keep on falling in love till I get it right. She's Taken a Gentle Lover is a song written by Dick Feller. Four years after this album, Feller would team up with Jerry Reed to write the song Eastbound and Down for the soundtrack of another Burt Reynolds car chase film, Smokey and the Bandit, which would be the second biggest movie of 1977 behind only Star Wars. <laughs> In 2014, Feller came out publicly as a trans woman, now going by the name Dina K. Rose. Now an activist, she's given performances and lectures on her experiences as a transgender woman. Beyond the face that I once knew For long I'd known that she Had hungered for the key That unlocks Pandora's box Where her love it's been a bit since I've covered an album that actually has some credits listed. This record was recorded at Sound Shop Studios in Nashville and is packed with a lot of the best Nashville session musicians of the time. A few of note, guitarist Johnny Christopher, who had co-written Always On My Mind one year prior to this, bassist Mike Leach and keyboardist Mike Emmons, who both played on Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline, and Larry London on drums. London would later fill in for Elvis's longtime drummer Ronnie Tut in the TCB band, playing Elvis's final two performances before his death. My favorite credit on the album is for vocal accompaniment, which is credited to Buzz Kaysen, 
Carol Montgomery, Ginger Holiday, and one unidentified friend. That's literally the credit. First time I've ever seen that one. It's kind of like being credited and uncredited at the same time. But anyways, side two kicks off with the title track. Don't ask me what songs I'm going to sing. Just turn your ear my way. Don't ask me where I'm going. Don't ask me where I've been. Don't ask me what I'm going to be. Ask me what I am. Moving on to the final two songs of the album, track 10 was written by Paul Hampton, and it's called There's a Slight Misunderstanding Between God and Man. You know, a lot of people think it isn't chic to believe in God anymore. I still do. But you know, I think there's a slight misunderstanding between God and man. Is this the land he promised, or is this the promised land? The album closes with another Red Lane song, I Like Having You Around. This song prominently features some female vocals in addition to Reynolds singing, and it's unclear who this is, so maybe this could be the one unidentified friend? You have to love and like him too, and you're much more than a The album was a bomb. No singles were released, and it failed to make an impact on the charts or with audiences. It quickly went out of print, and it's never been reissued, though it is streaming on Spotify and other streaming services. While this would be Burt Reynolds' only album, he did record another song in 1980 for the soundtrack of Smokey and the Bandit 2. The song was called Let's Do Something Cheap and Superficial, and this time Reynolds did make the charts reaching number 51 on the Hot Country Songs chart and number 88 on the Billboard Hot 100. I make my proposition Cause I'm just as drunk as you Let's do something cheap and superficial Let's do something that we might regret Though it received poor reviews, Smokey and the Bandit 2 was a hit at the box office, and Reynolds also had had a romance with his Smokey and the Bandit co-star Sally Field. It didn't work out, but late in his life, Reynolds said he always loved her and called her the one that got away. And back in 1967, while Sally Field was the star of the ABC sitcom The Flying Nun, she released an album of her own, the very creatively titled Sally Field, Star of the Flying Nun. But that is for another time. 
Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.